Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Lo Silva, founder of SVG. And if you want to learn how to connect with the best, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with my boy, Los Silva. Los is the CEO of SVG, and he has built and sold multiple companies in the e-com space, built seven seven-figure companies and one eight-figure company. And his agency, SVG, manages and partners with the top influencers online to help them scale. Guys, it's going to be such an awesome conversation. We talk a lot about some really cool things in the digital agency space. But first, really quickly, if you are a seven-figure entrepreneur and you know how beneficial having a podcast would be for your brand, for your business, for building relationships with your clients and customers, for building your authority and credibility in the field that you're in, whatever it is, you know that it's important, but you just don't know exactly how to go about getting it into the world. Have me and my team build it for you. Head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And uh, there's a quick application. We'll jump on a phone call to see if we'd be a good fit to build out a show for you. That way you can focus on what you're good at, which is servicing your clients. And we can focus on what we're good at, which is building world-class chart-topping podcasts. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast podcast. Los, what's up, bro? Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks yes, for having sir. me. How are you? Doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Can't complain. Can't complain. Things are, you know, pretty chaotic in the world at the moment, but, you know, lucky to be in a industry that can be moved online relatively quickly and easily. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed, brother. How are you? 
Same, man, same. We actually started businesses in COVID. So, you know, grateful that I've been through a recession in 2008. So I know how to act accordingly when I see another one, you know? Yeah, no kidding. What was the business you were in in 2008? Before I started online, I had a construction company. We did custom home automation, like home theater, electronics, oh, wow. like running your lights on with your phone type stuff. We did a lot of custom homes and, you know, that was our only bread and butter. And when wow. the economy hit in 2008, real estate, construction, it all went away. The companies I was working with construction-wise went bankrupt and all the money that I had was already poured into developing those homes and they, they stayed there. And so I went from like having a big business to literally nothing. And I started that business selling video projectors online. And I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to try to do stuff online again. And in 2008, I jumped back online. Huh. That's pretty crazy. So you were definitely an industry that got hit really hard by that. It wasn't just one of the ones that was like, yeah, yeah no kidding. Like people, I mean, people were all about that stuff at back then too, like any sort of add-ons they could put on their home and everybody refinancing, taking cash out to put in the pool and, and upgrade right. the stereo system and the TV and all that stuff. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Let's take it back a little bit before then and talk about what it was like getting to that point. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like where you were, let's say 12, 13 year old Los, like what were you up to back then? And how did you end up getting into the business world after, after high school? So when I was young, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to buy real estate and I wanted to be a music producer. That's basically all I, all I tried to do until I got into high school and was leaving high school and went to a school here in Orlando. It's called Full Sail. It helps people become essentially music producers. And I went to the school, did the whole thing. That program, it's kind of like a trade, was 90 grand and I couldn't afford it. And so from there, I ended up going to a community college and I wanted to actually major in psychology and sociology. Sure, the only those two classes in math are like the only classes that I passed. Everything else I barely went to school for. I was terrible at school. I'm still bad at taking exams. It's not it's not my thing. I get super nervous. And as I was doing that, I started selling video projectors and this is random, but video projectors on eBay. And then I started making a couple bucks as a, you know, I was probably like 19, 20 years old. And then I started seeing what else I could sell. And I started flipping that and crown impalas on eBay. And making like 600 bucks per projector in car. Why, um, why, why projectors? How did you even like find out about that? I, dude, I, I saw a friend selling some stuff on eBay. And I basically saw that there these things called in-focus video projectors. It was a brand. And I saw that what I could get them for, and there was a $600 spread if I sold it on eBay. And I basically drop shipped one. I became a dealer and they would send it directly to the company. And so I drop shipped one. And then did another, did another. And I was like, man, what else can I do? Started finding like big margin products, did that cars. And then that grew into me learning about electronics. And I started doing uh, speakers and I started selling speakers on eBay as well and started flipping all that. And so that was kind of like, essentially that was my first business. I didn't even call it a business. I was in college. I would use all the money to like buy bottles and have parties. Right? Yeah, right, so right. Saved nothing. <laughs> You know, saved a little bit. And when eBay essentially like kicked me out, I didn't know algorithms and, you know, different things like that. I was like, I guess I can't do this anymore. I had some money saved up and I pulled up on the computer just like different websites that I could do like for construction companies and interior designers that needed 
people that sold these kind of products. And I, I essentially lied and I said I had a home theater business and started like cold calling people, seeing if they wanted me to put some home theater stuff in their showroom because I still had some products. That took me nine months and I got my first client, which was a, a company called Ethan Allen, which is a furniture company. I put a showroom in there. And so so, so it took you nine months to get one client? It did. I had a couple bucks saved up and I was in college. So I was like, you know, just living college life and stuff, but yeah, still yeah. trying to do this. And then that one client, the first client they sent to me to go do their home was a $110,000 project. Wow. And I went and bought a car and I, I rented a house for 12 months. I kept the rest of the money just to use as, you know, just in case. Mm-hmm. And I, I grew that into my first business, which was doing custom home theaters for companies, for people. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. That's crazy. So how long were you doing that until the crash? I did that for like six years. I thought that was going to be my thing. I didn't love it, which I'm glad I, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad it happened, but I didn't know anything else, right? When you're stuck in a business, you're like, this is how I make money. I don't know how else to make money. So did, did you end up getting your degree or were you just like, oh, I'm making so much money doing this? No, I left, just do this. I, I left school completely. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you get a $110,000 check, it's hard to justify the reasoning of staying in the classroom, doing something that you hate, right? Right. And that became like, that's just, we were charging enough to where I was making 20 grand, you know, net a sale. And I was like in my twenties. So I wish I would have known how to like handle things, but for me in that time, it, it became really, really good. Yeah, right, right. Was your family entrepreneurial at all? Like, where did you think that you picked up some of those tendencies? Ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to own businesses. I've never had a job besides when I was 16, I worked at a telemarketing company. Nice. That's how'd, the, how'd that go? I was a top salesman in the second week and I would battle between first and second guy 
until <laughs> it was a phone room. So like one day I showed up and it wasn't there. And that's how I found out what our phone room was. I didn't even know. I was selling vacation packages on big boats. What are they, what are they called? The uh, cruise, cruise lines. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, okay. So now the economy crashes and what was there ever any thought of just, you know what, why don't I just go see if I can translate these skills that I found in this other business into like a job and get some security? Or was it immediately just like, all right, what's the next venture? No, I, I tried to get a job in places. No one would hire me because I technically never had a job. And they're like, I think you made all this up. I was like, not really. I didn't. I couldn't even get a job <laughs> as a waiter at the Cheesecake Factory. And so once I did that, I basically went into my wife. I had just got married too. So my wife married me like, hey, this dude's doing pretty good. He's got money. It's going to work out. Married me that year. We moved into Fort Lauderdale, which we didn't live in. I had a lot of homes there and everything went south. And so it was a lot of me trying to figure things out until one day we had to move back to Orlando. I had to get $5,000, which is the only loan I've ever gotten from anyone, from her mom and be like, hey, this is, we have to move into a townhouse. I promise you that I will figure this out. They let us have it, got first last month and a little bit of money for food. And I, I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to have to figure something else online because that's what I did before. It started online. So I think if I do online stuff, something will happen. So what was the first step? I bought a course from, I asked for $97 for a friend and I bought a course called uh, Let's Get Social from now my friend, Kate Buck and Ryan Dice. And you know, what's funny is I told my wife too, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to meet these people and I'm going to even partner with this guy. You know, I ended up growing... Uh, kind of an agency and learning media buying. And a few years later, Ryan published me and then me and him became partners on a brand. It didn't, it didn't actually turn into anything big because they were scaling so much at that point. Like there's just wasn't a lot of emphasis, but I, I learned a lot from doing that. And I thought it was cool that like I bought something and I was like, one day I'm going to do this with this dude. And then, you know, me and him became friends and partners and stuff like that. Yeah. To actually see it come to fruition is a, uh, is a huge confirmation that you're usually doing the right thing. Okay, so you buy a course and you just thought, you know, anything online? Like what, like what was, was there a strategy? Was there a specific industry you decided to go down? Or was it just like, let's learn more about online business in general and see where it takes me? So this is crazy because people do this now. But I started going into Facebook groups and adding value, like she said, and then doing it on LinkedIn. And I started getting clients from both. And clients for social media, maybe? Yeah. Or, okay. yeah. And then that turned into like, do you know how to do webinars? And I was like, yeah. And I knew a friend who knew how to do it. So I outsourced that. And I yeah. started like, just saying yes to stuff yeah. uh, and bringing in money, right? Yeah, and sure. then learning how to slowly do that. And then from there, I learned, oh, these people have events. Let me go to an event and met more people and kind of got more ingrained into the universe. And, you know, once I partnered with Ryan, I met like everyone going mm. to those masterminds and stuff like that. And just kept growing, just kept trying to increase my skill set in, in really understanding like strategy, like the back end of stuff. Cause I could always hear people being like, Oh, you gotta have a back end, blah, blah, blah. And so I figured I should get good at that. And then I should understand media buying. And if I know those two things, I think I'll, I think I'll forever be like in a decent place where someone can use me for something. Yeah. Interesting. Is there particular fields that you would recommend to somebody listening right now who's thinking something similar? Maybe they're starting in a similar position that you were starting at and they're just kind of wondering, hey, there's so many skill sets within online marketing itself, right? Which one should I start spending time on? What, what, what would you say to somebody like that? Whatever you think you can become good at, there's so much. I mean, for me, I liked 
the media buying aspect. And then I liked, you know, working through like the concept of funnels. I was never really like amazing at copy. Like I've written a lot of copy in my life because I've had to, but there's way better people in the world that are masters at that. But I think, I think the big focus should, if you want to think about something to get started, whatever you're good at, try to build a service or consulting business through that at the beginning. I think that'll put some money in your pocket, low overhead, and then you can make enough to start thinking about something different and start to try to assess what you really want to start doing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So start with the higher ticket stuff that takes up a lot of your time, but makes you real money. It's not like you're selling a $12 ebook. You're, you're selling some of your time, which is going to cost that person more money because you're using all of your time to do it. And at that point, you can start to at least make a little bit of profit and, and put away some money, which you can then use to figure out what the next thing is. Is that right? Right. And, and nowadays, you know, now that we're talking 2020, we've built a lot of businesses ourselves that are lower ticket and growing and stuff like that. And it's a thing. A lot of people tell you to do it. I don't think you should do that until you have a seven figure business because it's so expensive. There's so many moving parts to that. Just being honest, you don't have the, you probably don't have, you, you're not going to last. Like you don't have the pain threshold to do those things for the most part. Everyone sells that it's easy, but it's not. And consulting can be easier if you charge prices, right? If you're trying to replace a job or do something like that, like it's easier to do that and get that momentum than it is to like, make a million dollars or a hundred or even $10,000 through, you know, running traffic, trying to build a hundred dollar average order value of something that costs $80 or even sometimes a hundred to acquire a customer. I really, really appreciate you for talking about this, bro, because there's so many, there's so many, you know, the quote unquote gurus of the industry that want everybody to buy all their stuff. And I understand some of that to a certain extent, but at the same time, to lure people in with the promise that it's easy to do it and that it's totally doable because this one person out of 150 people did it this one time. Like that doesn't mean that it's duplicatable and replicatable to anybody in any industry. And I think a lot of people just get this idea that it's, if they throw enough money at it, that it's going to be successful. And it's like, well, that has almost nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there's people that that I know that have that have bought into those lies and just dropped $40,000 on a new funnel and and like four months of ad spend and a manager and like copy and emails and then it doesn't work. And then they get upset with the industry and say the industry doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, you just got bad advice from somebody and you wasted a lot of money really quickly when if you would have like what doing what you're saying, bro, where, where they start with start with you it would start with monetizing their expertise more on a one-on-one -on -one basis or a one to a few basis where you can really work through your messaging while getting paid to work through your messaging then once you have something that really works that you've proven with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis that is really getting results then at that point you can take some of that money take some of that expertise and knowledge and then package it up and then start trying to get some of that more low-hanging fruit and lower ticket offers right Totally. I, I've seen people, oh, I paid 20K to this guy or 30K to that guy. They also are just as in the wrong as the other person because a lot of people I've seen do that. They're paying with the expectation that like, well, I gave you money. Now you give me a business. Right. And that's not, that's not how that works. I mean, it's not how it works. You don't go to college and pay 60K and go, all right, give me a six-figure job. You right. don't get that. 
you get you get to surf tables and like try to figure it out. It's the same here, man. It's just people get all these kids that rent Lambos and stuff and live off paycheck to paycheck, even though they're they had one good month. They're seeing all these fake screenshots, not fake, but like one month of success. That's not longevity. And I think that people should, you know, I, I'm kind of like a, a lot of people, when I speak, people call me like an anti-Gary B because I tell them everything is hard and sucks and you shouldn't do it. But it's it's because like everyone thinks that, well, I, I'll do it. I, now I'm going to put in a $1,000 course or a $5,000 consulting or $10,000 and I want it back. But right. the reality is like man, everything is hard. Everything is really difficult. And a lot of times you might not even just be cut out for this. There's people in my agency that are have top roles that make six figures that couldn't make high five alone because there's so much more than just one skill set even mm-hmm. when it comes to fully running a company. Yeah, so true. And the thing is too, a lot of times is people will come in with the expectations that the time involvement is really low as well, because that's also part of what they're sold. It's like, well, you know, pay me 30, 40, 50 grand and I'll deliver you a lifestyle. Yeah, right. And and it's not going to take up any more of your time because it's all automated and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, that's a pipe dream, man. Like if it works, it's lucky and it's not duplicatable. You know what I mean? Like it's a one-off if something like that actually works. Like you have to put in the time to get to know the people that you're serving, get to, you know, see if the offer that you have converts to the people that you're serving and then find out all the other things that might benefit them. And then after months of tweaking copy and probably years of tweaking your messaging and building up that presence, then you get, you kind of get to cash in, you know, it's not like it's a three month thing. And are there examples of people who've done it in that period of time? Yes. But what I'm saying is don't count on that to be your results because you're probably going to be sorely disappointed and you're probably going to waste a lot of money and time and then walk away and go back to your job defeated saying the online business doesn't work when you've only been in it for six months. So agreed. Yeah. So, so listen, man, what does work then? Like if somebody's out there and they're like, okay, I get it. I'm prepared. I know it's going to take a lot of work, but I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to sacrifice what would be worth their time getting into. I would say focus first and foremost on doing organic. And I don't, when I say organic, I mean putting money into building a personal brand, not necessarily running ads, but putting money into your Instagram, putting money into building a YouTube channel. If you make money, let's say you're, you're doing it now, you can get to make 12 grand a month. Okay. Like put it back into the business. What are your, what's your nut? Is it like $3,500 a month? Use that and pay yourself that and then put the rest of it into doing more of the same. Don't just like take all your money out of your account every month Mm. being like, I'm balling. Like that's why you're not going to because you're not letting the business grow. And the business is like a flower and a tree. You gotta let it, you gotta let it nurture and grow into something bigger by putting all your effort and money and resources and time into it. Can it be something that could be massive and later on you're not involved? 100% is that something that takes maybe even a decade, maybe longer or maybe even shorter, but like a long, long time, 100%. I'm just going to go on a tangent here, but for all the people that do have some success on organic, that doesn't necessarily mean that what you're saying to people on DMs and how you're approaching the audience that's trying to get to know, like, and trust you will resonate on a brand new cold audience that doesn't know who you are. So don't think because you're making money on one thing, it immediately translates to success on the next. You have to put time and effort resources. And I would say also get a coach. 
get some sort of mm. coach, man. Because if you don't have a coach, you're just you don't get to time collapse anything, and that's what everyone wants. And I would get a coach, if not multiple coaches. And if something sucks with that coach, don't be mad. Learn from that mistake and see what happened, what was your fault, and what was his fault or her fault. And then you know try to adjust and hire another coach and tell them what went wrong so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, man. I love that advice. Basically, exactly what I tell people. like Focus first on increasing your income to where you can pay your bills comfortably without and have some money left over at the end. Then use the money that you have left over to start working on the business. Start you know, start up a side hustle or start creating some content or do your YouTube channel. Or obviously for me, it's the podcasting world, you know, starting a podcast and use some of that extra money to invest in coaches. The problem is that a lot of people, if you're making, you know, eight, 10, $12,000 in a job or a career or a sales, you know, position somewhere is that you get too focused on the Jones effect and the shiny object syndrome. And you want to start leveraging your income to get nice cars and get nice stuff and Go on nice trips. Your expenses. Right. Yeah. And you're just doing nothing but increasing that monthly nut and just making it more difficult for you to be able to spend money within your business and be okay with losing that money. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like that, that was one thing that helped me tremendously. I don't know if, if uh, this would be similar for you, Los, but one thing that helped me tremendously was separating my personal income and my business income and treating my personal income in a completely different light than my business income. And uh, I live extremely frugally. I live a very, you know, modest lifestyle comparatively to the to the money that I bring in but I do that on purpose because I want to continue to invest in things that are going to make me more money so that I can live a better lifestyle but without having to worry about somebody coming and repossessing my car next month because I don't make my expenses because I had a bad month I think people just underestimate how much time energy and money that it takes in order to run a successful operation or a successful venture. And, and honestly, I think it just might just come from a, from a lack of understanding of the term, a lot of money. And I think that people confuse what a lot of money is, you know what I mean? And, and so they, when they feel like they've come into quote unquote, a lot of money and it's like $25,000, when you use that in a business context, you start realizing really quickly that that's not a lot of money at all. It could be one thing. Yeah, right. Like not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you can't even hire somebody for that, you know, like it, it, unless you're just using outsourced VAs or something like that. But I think that a lot of people just look at a lot of money to be a lot of different things. And I, and I think that's something that all starts with your, with your mindset as well. So yeah, man, I mean, there's so many things that we agree on here. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about relationship building and, and communication, networking and things, because obviously it's been something that's been prevalent in your career, having made a relationship with somebody as influential and as and moving and shaking as Ryan Dice is, and, and, and even to go past the normal relationship and, and partner with something that says that uh, he has a lot of trust in you, which which says a lot. So can you talk to me? First off, this is the question I ask everybody to kind of get this conversation going in the right direction. Who you know or what you know, Los, which of those two is more important and why? Who 100% because they can just catapult anything and you can figure out the what. Everything is Googleable. Yeah, that's that. so true, man. Well said. It's just the fact that knowledge is no longer in short supply as it used to be. Like it's not as much as in, sh- in short supply as it used to be. Like you can just take your phone out and Google anything. It makes it a lot easier to learn things. But opportunity comes from who you know and who you know is still not in abundance. It's it's definitely something, even if you have 5,000 Facebook friends, it doesn't mean that you know them all. <laughs> and having that actual right. relationship with somebody where you can call them and chat or something or ask some advice 
at any given point is always something that's super helpful. So talk to me about you know a couple of relationships in your life that when you first built a relationship, you didn't you didn't expect it to be something that would lead to multiple opportunities or something, but it just ended up doing that. So you know what's crazy? I actually build my relationships with that exact expectation. My best friend's name is uh, Kent Clothier. He's in a group with us. And when I first met him, uh, he's like hard to get in t- along with. He's like a big name in his space. And I went to an event and I met him and I told him, oh, it was weird, but I always tell this story because it's funny. I was like, hey, dude, I think we're going to be best friends. And he told me to go F off, all this stuff, like whatever. And now we're <laughs> best friends. I, another relationship that I didn't tell him this, but like he's a super close friend of mine for a long time now. I was just on the phone with him yesterday getting advice for my agency is uh, Neil Patel. I met Neil and, you know, the way that we became friends is a lot of times when you meet people that are quote unquote famous or get get asked a lot about stuff, the best way to do it is like be the full opposite of that, right? I don't take pictures with people because that immediately sets you off until like, oh, he's a fan. You know, I, I always just like take people as relationships because everyone like with Neil, for example, even in our group, everyone's always mess- like, hey, hey, I got a question. I need this. Hey, can you take a look at this? Hey, can you do this? And they're always asking stuff. And instead, I just like gave value, became friends. When he lived in Vegas, I'd fly out to Vegas and just we'd get dinner and hang out at his condo and like watch TV. We didn't talk about work. We just kind of, I mean, it comes up, right? Because it's what we like. But like, I never had like a big thing. Another good friend of mine, I was the only person that was invited to his wedding because it was so small is Scott Olford. who's like a big name in our space as well. Mm, Same, Same thing, like never ask these people for anything but I know like this isn't a relate. this is a friendship that I want to have for like forever. And when you start asking for stuff, it becomes like, well, I give you this, you give me that. I have relationships and friendships like that, but it's more like, you know, I know I work a lot with influencers and I meet them with the intent of like, Hey, I can build your business or Hey, whatever the case. Right. Or like sure. they come to that kind of situation. So it's, it's knowing what you want out of the friendships. And I, I say friendships because like I have few friends, but I have a million acquaintances nowadays and I'm sure you're the same. And with some, I just pick, like, I think this dude vibes with me for different ways. I think this is a really good friendship. And some are like, I, I don't think that we're, we would be that good of friends, but I think I can help him. That could be a client or just a relationship or someone to send me clients or just someone to talk to when we're at these kinds of events. Like every people come to you in seasons and reasons and stuff like that. And you just have to be less expecting. And, and it's hard to do that when you're beginning because you just want, you need. And right. that also, like you can smell that, man. And so like, if you take a step back, like you can grow. It's just being a little bit patient because friendship is the same as relationships and business. Like takes a minute to make it really, really something special. Yeah, 100%. Can you expound maybe on the value add piece there? One objection that I get a lot when I talk with people about networking and because uh, value is something we talk about obviously a lot here on the show and it's something that I preach to everybody is you always have to find the value that you can bring to the table. And for some people that are getting started, a lot of times it's just not super clear on the value they can bring to somebody that has maybe you know reached a certain level of success in their life. What are some ways that you've been able to get in with some people and just be able to offer real value without really expecting much in return? Uh, a lot of times work for free or yeah. look at something for free, even something as simple as buying dinner because they're expected to buy every time. Hmm. Like they're normally the guy, you know, when you go out in big groups and it's 10, 15 people, like if you're the guy that just pays for everything, if, I've done this when I had no money. And like when I've seen thousand dollar bills and I didn't have money, Oh, and I still did it because I was like, this is the move. And it changes the way people look at you. And now they talk to you differently. And they, and, hey, you want to come 
to my house um, since we just ate. Like it's it's like dating, right? Like you have to mm-hmm. you don't just ask a girl like, hey, you want to you want to sleep with me? Yeah, you right. Idea. Like you buy her a drink, you talk to her, you text her. Like you put that time in. If you don't have a lot of value, like maybe you have other stuff in common where you guys can find a way to text each other and and, and talk and just like build a legitimate relationship. You know, a lot of times I, I talk to people at the beginning that don't have too much to offer. I think that the worst thing you can do is try to force something. Sometimes you might not make it with that person, but that'll teach you how to be better with the next one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that for sure. Like especially the time part that you said at the beginning. If you're beginning right now, probably one thing you have in surplus is time. And that is something that people who are have reached a certain level of success in life have in sh- that just completely short supply, right? So if you can offer to duplicate their time because you can do something for them, I just recently I had a, I had a kid reach out to me on Instagram DM and 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 offered to write an email sequence for me for free, and if I liked it, would I give him a recommendation? I was like, sure, man. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I, like if there's zero risk in me seeing if these are emails that I'm, you know, can use. So sure. Like if you want to write them up, go for it. Just don't be upset if I don't use them and don't give you a testimonial, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, like happy to to see if there's something, there's something here. And it was something, it just reminded me of what I was willing to do when I started, you know, like it was, I was always willing to just jump in and help people out for free, even if it kind of hurt the my ability to make money in the short term, I knew that it was going to be helpful in the long term and for those for those relationships. So um, I mean, even we we just did it right. Like you you needed some help on ads and a funnel, and I was like, dude, give me everything. I'm not going to charge you anything. Yeah. I'll just do it because like we're building our friendship. You know what I mean? And that start like maybe we end up doing work together, but I didn't do it with like, oh, and then I'll do this. Like right. if it happens, and, it happens. And like if we if that helps us become close in the next five years. Dude, I'll get I'll get clients out of out of it, or and you will too. And if we don't, maybe we end up just becoming best friends out of the whole situation. And like, if I hadn't offered that, like, it wouldn't have started the next conversation. You right. know, right? There's no bad situation. The only bad situation is if you come in with expectations when you start adding value to people like that, right? Because if you came into that and you were like, "Hey, bro, I'll help you out on some ads in your funnel and give you some advice on some things." And then you're secretly in your head having this thing of like, if I help him do this, he'll hire me to do the rest of his stuff. And then, and then when I don't do that, then you get upset. Like that's a problem. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Right. You can't, you can't go into the, you, if you want to build relationships, I know it's cheesy and I, I know you probably think this too. You just actually have to go into them with like no real goal. Yep, totally. 100%. So listen, man, uh, we're coming down here to the end of our conversation. Is there anything that you think the audience should know about relationship building and networking that is maybe something that we have not talked about that you think is maybe something that people just don't do often enough? Uh, I think not so much with that, but I think it helps. I think that one of the big things that helped me in my life was the day I stopped comparing myself to other people. Hmm. I, think, I think if people stop comparing themselves to other people, they can realize, man, I went from like a job to like, I am making 10K to like wherever it is, to whatever. And I'm, I'm in my own journey. Like I got plenty of friends. Like I said, I was on the phone with a friend yesterday and he's got 10 times bigger business than me. Hmm. And I, that's awesome. I'm, I'm now happy for him. Old me would have been pissed and wanted to do some crazy stuff. And you make bad decisions of quick, like dopamine, like rushes, you know? And so just so focus, on your, so focus on yourself and like make your family happy, make yourself happy and try to do that. 
for longer term, you will be more successful than trying to be Ezra and Neil and you and me and anyone else, man, because we're not trying to be you. We're just trying to be the better us for the people that we care about and the things that we like. Yeah. Not only will you be more successful, but you will be happier, which is arguably much more important than being successful. And really arguably the definition in my definition of, of successful is really happiness because you have everything in the world, but you're not happy. Then what's it all for? It's, it's like one of the truest definitions of freedom, feeling yeah. happy. Right, right. And you start to realize that, like, and, and the more things you accomplish and the more success that you garner, you start to really understand what that means because you start understanding that, like, oh, this monetary goal or this other, you know, tangible goal that I, that I reached didn't really have a long-term effect on my overall happiness in life probably means that happiness is way more of an internal game than an external game. And if you treat happiness like it is an external game, it's just a losing situation, especially in the age of social media when you're comparing your depression to other people's highlight reels and further distancing yourself from being happy because you think that other people are quote unquote more successful than you are. And it's just a detriment to that internal game. So couldn't agree with you more, man. Can't wait till we can hang out again in person once all this COVID stuff dies down and we have a couple more mastermind meetups and stuff. And before we take off here, where can where's the number one place where people can connect with you the most? Instagram, go to Los Hustle. Perfect. So at Los Hustle over on Instagram. Be sure to reach out, tell them what's up. If you're listening to this right now, screenshot this episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me at Travis Chapel and Los at Los Hustle. And maybe we'll go over there and say what's up in the DMs. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Los, appreciate you for coming on the show, my man. I had a fantastic time chatting. Thanks, man. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.